I want to take this opportunity to introduce you to some of the team that's going to be working with me on the Balance Project, Mind, Body and Spirit. We've got a really great team put together and over the next 50 days we're going to take on the challenge of what wellness looks like in organizational culture with me as the experiment. I developed into a mind and body coach because I've worked in the physical arena like you know as a personal trainer and as a therapist and then also I realized there was some other areas like the psychological, the cognitive, that type of thing as well and when you look at them both coming together this seems an obvious connection if you like that's why I called the company the mind body connection because right. it, it's just there I think the elements that you're recognizing by using the mind body and spirit are incredibly important I think the challenge here is actually getting people to understand what we mean by the term spirit um, so you you're dealing very much if you like with the rest so mind is the cognitive process if you like the physical side obviously is there which is the body and then you have this other element of spirit and that's the part I'm really interested in those sort of hidden elements and we can call it anything we like uh, it's the beyond the mind and the body those elements that we we have in everyday life those almost those soft qualities if you like that make us who we are the emotional side and I'm not really I'm a scientist at heart and I love the sort of you know being able to tick off lists and have the cognitive approach and the objective approach but I think there's a subjective element here as well and I think working as part of balance has given me and is it has really given me the, the exciting opportunity to see the changes within you and then how that changes into the workshops that you then deliver when you're doing anything both your mind and body are involved and what we tend to focus on is the elements of well we don't see the body if you like actually representing the mind so for example if you feel stressed our body naturally tightens and shortens it's a defense mechanism and then what happens is when we relax obviously it gets longer now the interesting thing about this is if you feel threatened physically that also impacts on your brain so you then shut down your responses the fight flight freeze or fawn form uh, sort of syndrome and then if you actually think about it so that's one way it can be mentally it could be physical it doesn't matter which way it is but it's always interacting between so for example some with, with somebody with irritable bowel syndrome you may well find that that's not just a physiological cause it could be something that's going on in their mind as well and by looking at the metaphysical the underlying physical reasons for some things there's a lot more answers and, and it empowers people a lot more to change their physiology their emotional side, their psychology, but ultimately their quality of life. So most, most people know these responses in terms of fight, flight, freeze or fawn and the converse is actually what people don't know about which is the rest and digest state, which is the relaxed state, the sort of meditative state that people are always trying to get to. And what's happened in life a lot of the times is that the switch between those two states actually gets stuck. So you're in hyper vigilant and hyper alert all the time. A lot of times I've given talks in organisations and done workshops in them. People are surprised by the physical dynamic, if you like. So often what I like to do is throw a curved ball. So people tend to think when they're going to a workshop that they're going to have uh, you know, a PowerPoint presentation, they're going to be sitting down at desks. Um, they've got, you know, the sort of all those prompts are in place. And, and when you actually start to talk about the other elements and they go into a room where none of these things are existing they're a bit surprised and it really dis dis disconcerts them if you like as well and I think one of the 
things in an organisation is recognising that the relationships within an organisation are fundamental to the success of that organisation. So people feel they're able to empower themselves to ask those questions, to ask what they actually need for themselves as well, so they have a confidence within themselves. And often sometimes what happens as a result of a workshop is somebody discovers that they're actually a square peg in a round hole within that organisation and they move on, which of course then has an impact on the team themselves because then they start to relax a little bit more. The person that's moved on is now into a place where they are a perfect fit. So there's those elements that, you know, the interaction, the connectivity between people changes and that creates a, a healthier atmosphere. I think wellness for many organisations has become a tick on a box that says we're doing this, we're doing that. Um, you know, it's, it's rather like that someone says, well, we've, we've run a lunchtime seminar, that's it ticked off for another year, or we've invested all our, if you like, our health and wellbeing budget into a week of health and wellbeing and it's fantastic. I think actually that wellness is the difference between an organisation that is thriving and an organisation that is surviving and we can look at bottom line here but I think it's actually about more than that. I think it's about the quality of life that you're enabling your employees to experience. I think it's long term because the bottom line isn't working for a lot of people and as we move into an era if you like where there is going to be challenges with people not being able to employed, not to be employed, not being unemployed but not being employed for so long, you know, because simply, you know, I think the statistics are that when a factory introduces a new machine in China, 250 people lose their jobs and there simply won't be the jobs for people. And I think it's a form of future proofing for society and for companies as well. And if you really just think about your bottom line, you may as well just introduce the machines. I think it's about a quality of life experience. And I think companies are starting to realize this, particularly in startup companies and we're not just talking about Silicon Valley we're talking about companies in really small companies are starting to say there has to be more than the profit line every week. Time out. I think the biggest thing here is, and all the research is backing this up these days, is that time out and constructive time out is very important. Where you don't have any sort of schedule and arrangement and framework in your day, you actually um, will just waste time. If you don't have an accountability process, you will waste time. If you actually take time out to this part of a structured day, you will actually come back to a task refreshed. The perfect example is if you've ever been stuck on a particular uh, idea that you're working on or a report you've got to write. If you go away and rather than sitting on the couch and going to sleep, you go away and do some washing up or you go away and actually make a telephone call, you go away and do something that's not related to that task, when you come back to that task you have a fresh mindset and you actually work on it. And I think the other thing I'd say is be disconnected have moments in your day when you actually are disconnected so that you have that mental space and that physical space rather than checking because you know there is a whole body of research that says every time you look at a phone or look at a screen that is not related to the task at hand it takes you about 15 minutes to come back to the task so it's really getting that balance between time off from the structure that is actually within itself guaranteed then also 
If I was to give any advice to uh, leaders in organisations, the first thing would be to make sure you have time out during your business day, when you're actually not specifically in that very structured environment, and also that when you're working on one task, make sure you are working on that one task. Multitasking is actually a fallacy.